Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast. I had to do this take twice for some reason because my brain just stopped like working for a second there. I was looking at like if it's pre, I guess, Stanley Cup playoffs and I'm like, oh, I'm all excited. But um, James, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Uh, outside of being flustered that I guess the Stanley Cup playoffs are happening, like the Stanley Cup finals are happening. Uh, which I knew was happening. This isn't a new occurrence in my brain. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, good. I, I pulled an epic dad move and I bought my kids a gaming system. Uh, I bought a Nintendo Switch. Dude, okay, that's so funny that you're saying that because yeah. I was just going to tell you that I was, before we started doing this, playing my Nintendo Switch ah, yes. because I just bought a new game. <laughs> Ooh, what game did you get? I bought the new Mario Strikers game. It's excellent. Is it good? I remember it's the one excellent. for GameCube being awesome. Yep, this one is just as good. Oh, okay. I don't have it yet. I shelled out 80 bucks for the Pokemon game. My kids love Pokemon. Oh, so I... Like- I played that game to its completion as well it was an excellent game as as well so good dad moment for you it was excellent i remember my dad coming home with the super nintendo and still remember vividly where i was to this day and so i'm hoping my kids i've I've created that kind of core memory for them as well that'd be great um so i guess not speaking of core memories although this kind of is one where uh where were you when barry trotz was fired type of thing um, but we're not going to relive that necessarily. But we will be talking about Barry Trotz in so much as what is going on exactly with him. Because you're seeing pieces starting to move. And pieces, I mean, like other coaches lining up for jobs. We've already got two being hired. Are both official yet? One uh, is, right? One one is Bruce Cassidy. He gets yeah. hired by the Vegas Golden Knights. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, a lot of people had, you know, Trotz tab to possibly go there. Um, there was definitely an interview conducted w- with uh, Barry Trotz, and um, I think a couple of days ago, Elliot Friedman, if I'm not mistaken, mentioned that he started to let teams know where he was not going. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't say where he was going yet, but he, uh, according to Friedman, he started informing teams which te- uh, where, where he won't be. So um, I, I'm guessing Vegas was one of them because, again, they – Yesterday hired 
uh, Bruce Cassidy, which I think is a good hire for Vegas. Um, but yeah, one team uh, off the the short list for Barry Trotz. Um, the other guy who was not hired yet, they're hoping for it to happen within the next day or two, uh, is John Tortorella going to uh, the Philadelphia Flyers most likely. Yeah, I don't know how to feel. Obviously, I'm not a Philly fan, so I, I hope he fails to like not because I I don't like John Torrell. I, I met him and I I, I I epically respect him, but I want them to fail because I don't want Philly to be good. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that that does seem like a weird uh, like hire. I, I I feel for the Philadelphia Flyers because like Torts isn't the guy who's gonna like build this team into a really good one. It's he's going to, I guess, lay some good f- like foundations. And, and I guess maybe as I speak this out loud, that's kind of what they need. What, what do you think? Yeah. I'm wondering if it's one of those, um, let's get a guy who can light a fire under our players asses kind of thing. Um, but I, I do know that one player on the flyers is a, is a big John Tortorella advocate in Cam Atkinson. So mm, um, maybe yeah. he had something to do with it. Uh, Cause he, he played under him uh, in Columbus went on that, a uh, pretty decent run in uh, in the playoffs where they actually swept the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round uh, a couple couple post seasons ago. Um, that was when you know Matt DeShane was there and uh, um, Artemi Panarin. Artemi Panarin was there too, right? Yeah, he, he was there. So yeah, um, isn't that Cam the last Atkinson. time the the Lightning lost a playoff series? It might be. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. God yeah. damn it. So I think Cam Atkinson was a big advocate for for Tortorella to come to the uh, Flyers, and, and you know he's one of their uh, leaders in that locker room. So you could see why that uh, transpired. And again, Barry Trotz probably um, had said to Philadelphia he won't be going there either. Uh, supposedly, Philadelphia was very serious about uh, Trotz. It was him, or um, it, it it was him. And if it was if he chose to go there. It, he had the job, but ultimately he decided else uh, otherwise, and, and he's going elsewhere. Um, where he's going, we do not know. However, there was that news mm-hmm. that he is a homeowner again in Nashville. Which is interesting AF, right? Like, he, I understand he, he likes being in Nashville, and from what I've heard about people who live in Nashville, it seems like a pretty cool place to be. Right. Uh, not a huge country fan, but a big music fan. So I, I, w- I could appreciate that even if I don't enjoy country. Yeah. Um, but he, he obviously likes being there. And it seems like he, he we always would have liked being there, irrespective of where he was, like ever, whether it was at Washington or on the island. You could still own property there and like kind of vacation there in the summer type thing. Right. But because he didn't, that kind of tells me like he seems to be eyeing that place and they have a coach. Right. Yeah, I, 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 they do have a coach. It, Didn't they just the, re-sign him or extend Hines type of thing? Yeah, the thing is with Trotz and Nashville is if he decides to go to Nashville, it's not for a head coaching position; it's for an upper management position. So, um. I don't know exactly what the role is. I don't think it's a general manager. Maybe he'll be an assistant general manager because, I don't know, maybe that's the kind of role he's looking to do next. Um, Needs to learn the ropes, uh, you know, have a mentor, I guess. Um, And maybe Nashville's where he wants to be. Um, Because you figure the Winnipeg Jets job, if it was 
is, he would have taken it by now. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe he's still mulling it over. Maybe he's still trying to figure out if he wants to coach anymore at all or, or be in the in the game at all uh, right now. So I don't know. It's it's a bit of an interesting situation because there was seemingly a logjam of other you yes. know coaches that are, you know, is Pete DeBoer going to find a spot, Elaine Vignol, Claude Julien. You know, there's all these guys out there and, and – that logjam is even holding up a, a, a plethora of like I, I think Darren Drager tweeted this out earlier, um, like assistant coaching jobs who are in limbo right now. They don't know what's next for them. So, um, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting because even I heard Jim Montgomery's name come up today as a as a yeah. a candidate somewhere. I forget exactly where, but um, there there's was it Boston. I don't think it was Boston. Maybe it might. You know, it might have been Boston. You might be right there. Okay. Um, so and look, it's not like these coaching candidates are, you know, just nobodies. These are these are good coaches. Like there's a lot of them out there. It's it's kind of nuts. Imagine the guys like ah, this is going to be my year. There's so many openings, and you see the like list of guys waiting for jobs, and you're like, I am not <laughs> getting a job this year. Right. Holy crap! Yeah, um, it, it, it is a, a very interesting situation as it continues to develop. Um, seeing Barry Trotz. Somebody had said to me today because I had saw that, um, you know, there was an article saying he was a new homeowner. But somebody said that, no, he's always been a homeowner. I don't know. I uh, Like in Nashville, you mean? Yeah. I, okay. I get that, that he used sense. to live there. But the, the article just came out via a Nashville newspaper. So I feel like it's a new home. Otherwise, they wouldn't have printed it's a new home. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe we're we're just like fixating on the news because we got nothing else to like sink our teeth into. Yeah, uh, and, and I think we're all a little bit guilty of that. But it, it could be like he he did buy a new home, but he had a previous home, so this one is new to him type of yeah. thing. Uh, but you're right, like you don't write articles like, "Oh my god, he bought a house!" You're like, you know, right. he, he had one. He just upgraded, or he didn't like that old one. He got a new one type of thing. This was like when Casey Zizekas like sold his house on Long Island before he signed with the Islanders, and it was just like people, oh, that's it, he sold his home, ah, uh, freak out. Casey Zizekas is leaving the Islanders. Yeah, so like he might be there for a, a general manager position eventually. Like David Poyle, um, seventy two years old, has been there in Nashville for twenty four years. It might be time for a new voice at some point. He's doing a good job, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what's going on there. It's just like, there isn't a whole lot more going on in, in the world of, of New York Islander hockey. So we're doing proxy New York Islanders <laughs> discussion. Cause well, there isn't really much more outside of like, not even, there's not even hockey being played. Like we've got this game today and then they don't play till Saturday. I think is game two, right? Yeah. They have a, this is the one time there's a two day layoff, uh, between games. So come on people. Bye. Either way, let, let's move on to the next one because I think there's a little bit more meat on that bone, if you will. Sure. Uh, and um, so the next thing that we want to talk about is the goalie and specifically Ilya Sorokin because you, you wrote something this week about how Ilya Sorokin, Igor Shosturkin, and was there someone else? I forget there was someone else. Andre Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky. They are uh, – Sorokin is in their class. So I want to let you kind of explain – talk that through to people who may not have read it. And if you have, well – you're just going to reiterate what you've already heard, so you'll learn it twice. Or if you disagreed, maybe, you know, just hear mm-hmm. you know me speak it out in terms of, you know, what it was that um, was going through my mind when, listen, it wasn't, um, you know, something I came up with on my own, right? I was listening to, of course, uh, 32 Thoughts, the podcast with J. 
Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. And, um, you know, they were talking about because the Eastern Conference final just ended. Igor Shosturkin versus Andre Vasilevsky, and they both put on excellent uh, performances, you know, not just in this series, but in the playoffs in its entirety. Um, and basically they contemplated, like, what's going on What's the, with, with, with the Russian goaltenders? Like, the the pipeline coming out of Russia is pretty freaking great, you know? Vasilevsky's doing real well. Shosturkin's doing real well. And then Marek asks Elliot Friedman, and he, he, he says, you know who we're going to have to start talking about next? And... Uh, Friedman goes, who? Oh, are you talking about Sorokin? And then, you know, uh, Marek says, yes, Ilya Sorokin. Um, and he says, what a treat it's going to be to watch those three face each other on multiple occasions for the foreseeable future. Because, um, you know, they, they said that Vasilevsky's in a in a league of his own, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's the best just because of, one, his accolades, and two, his dominance, right? Yeah. But you look at what Shesterkin did this year, and it was Vasilevsky-like, right? Yep. The thing with Shesterkin is he needs to continue that dominance in order to be considered just as good. And that's why Vasilevsky is like in a league of his own, right? It's mm-hmm. Vasilevsky in the in his own tier. And then the next tier starts with Shesterkin. Um, who comes after that, though, right? It, those are obviously the two best goaltenders in the league. And then hold on, wait a minute, pump the brakes. Let's look at the numbers. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the numbers, um, the raw statistics were really good for Ilya Sorokin, right? He was second in the league in, I think, uh, save percentage. He was fourth in the league in goals against average. And he was second in the league in shutouts, which means that he was either above or just below one of the other two goaltenders. Um. And then when you look deeper into the analytics, which I should have pulled it up, but I, I don't have my article up right now, he's pretty much first in most of the categories in five on five save percentage, five on five goals against average, five on five high dangerous uh, uh, high danger saves, uh, five on five high danger uh, saves above anticipated. It, he's like dominating the league in the goaltending category it's just not being highlighted and now again same situation as Shesterkin where he has to continue to prove himself of course Sorokin does too but in terms of having that conversation he's he should be in the mix I'm not going to say he's the best yet because again you you need to prove that over and over and, and Vasilevsky has Shesterkin's time to do so is now and as is Sorokin's, I understand the Islanders didn't make the playoffs. However, that was... <laughs> it what? was not Sorokin's fault. That was what? Like maybe half a percentage of his fault? Like not even a full 1% Ilya Sorokin's fault? Yeah, he like may not he have posted had... up twice type of thing. Yeah, like maybe he gave up one or two goals this season where you were like, ah, he might want, want that one back. But then there was also 50 goals where you said, okay, wow, he should not have made that save. And he did. Mm-hmm. So... um. Does he deserve to be in the conversation? I absolutely think he does, right? Because it's Vasilevsky and Shesterkin, and then it's Sorokin. Nobody in my mind is better than those three. Um, and listen, at any moment, you can you can literally flip-flop Shesterkin and Sorokin because, again, look at the analytics. If you didn't read my article, check it out. He's got, like, pretty insane statistics. So I think I've got it open here. I'm just going to bring it up on my fourth screen. 
Come on, four screen, let's go. Oh no, I closed it. Um, but you you have first in so you pulled up the eyes on uh, the eyes the natural statric stats for him. Yeah. And so what we're talking about here with those is the five on five stats is he's first overall in high danger save percentage. So this is shots that like quality shots, you expect these to become goals more frequently than not because yes. they're scoring from like within the slot type of thing. Yeah. First in the NHL at five on five, high danger save percentage at 0.883. That's first. So like there's no one better. First in high danger goals above average, um, 1.03. <laughs> That's stupid. Right. And then first in HDGSAA, so high danger goals saved above average, I believe. Anticipated? Or I, well, it's, it's, it's one or the other. Yeah, it's 20.75. First. first. Right. So you stopped 20.75 goals in high danger situations that would have gone in otherwise. And that's just at 5 and 5. Now the that's next right. paragraph, read, read what it says about being on the, the penalty kill. Well, then it gets on the penalty kill. He's got a 4.76 uh, goal saved above average and a 2.45 expected goals against. A uh, 24.5 uh, expected goals against, which ranks him second overall in all goaltenders in each category. And he ranks fourth overall with, again, this is on the PK, high danger save percentage, uh, high danger goals against average, and uh, uh, high danger goals saved above average. Like This guy is a top four goalie on the PK, which is important, right? Like your best penalty killer is your goalie and he is the fourth best in the league to do so. I'm, I'm not sure if you filtered those stats for time on ice or anything yeah, of the sort. So the, the, it was with 200 or more minutes on the penalty kill. So when it comes to starters, there are three guys, but not even necessarily consistently three guys, right? We're just talking about three other guys who are in his caliber. That's it. That's all. When it comes to starters, like, I, I'm sorry, like, I understand the uh, the sample isn't super large because we're talking about, like, a season and a half. Mm -hmm. But we're, we're not talking about some sort of prospect here. This guy's 24, 25 years old is Ilya Sorokin. he's going to be 26. Right, like, he's, this is his, this is him, he's at peak. This is his peak. Yep. This is what we're seeing, and we're like, this is an elite level goalie. It's, a, right. it's elite. We're not just talking about some guy who came up through you know, the, the minor league system, and it was like, oh, this guy might be pretty good, right? We're talking about a guy who dominated the, the net <laughs> video everywhere game numbers. around the world. Right, video game numbers around the world, and then said, okay, I finished my dominance everywhere else. Let me go to North America and, and, and finish dominating there. Right, like we're talking... And he's doing it. Yeah, sub two goals against average, like almost like what is it, a 950 save percentage. But I think it was 934 over his regular season career and 940 in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah you're going like, well, those are Russian numbers. Yep, 100%. He dominated there, and it's like, what's my next challenge? Comes here, and it's like, you know, what we're seeing there was kind of real. Yeah. yeah, not like video game numbers here, but elite level goaltending is what we're getting out of this guy. Yeah. And if you have any argument against that, like, Look, it's not even just the, the the stats, but the eye test tells you exactly that this guy's elite. He's got his issues or he's got uh, problems near the start of the year, but he's able to recognize those and fix them, fix them quickly. Yeah, I, I mean, I could probably just have scheduled the tweet every time the Islanders played, but <laughs> every time they played, I, I tweeted out, your, your regularly scheduled Ilias Roken makes a ridiculous save tweet. And right. I sent it every game. It literally happened every game. You got to find so, the original one and just keep retweeting it every time. I know, I, I do. It's <laughs> it's insane. It, it, he makes seemingly 
some save that he's not supposed to make almost every night. And yeah, like you said, the eye test is, is huge there. And you see the athleticism, you see, you know, everything that he does in terms of making sure the Islanders, I mean, let, let's, you know, go back to the beginning of the season when Ilya Sorokin, um, oh no, I'm sorry, when Semyon Varlamov came back from injured reserve finally, and it took him what, nine or 10 games to get his first win. But in that same span, Sorokin was an above 500 goaltender. So it just goes to show you how well he was performing because it's not like the Islanders were performing bad at that time. Varlamov just wasn't necessarily good to start his season. But when Sorokin was in net, they were winning. Yeah, if the if Sorokin gets more run support, if you will, from his forwards, he's a top three Vezina candidate. I'm sure he's in the top five. I'll be stupefied and dumbfounded if he's not in the top five. We know he's not in the top three. Um, but he should have been a top three goalie if his team was better in front of him, which is stupid. That's not how these individual awards are supposed to go. Like, well, how did your team play in front of you? I'm sorry. Is this a team award or an individual award? Right. It's the latter. Base it off the latter. And because they don't, he's not in the top three, which is so stupid. I don't think he should win it. That is definitely up for or Shosturkin. Shosturkin wins the Vezina, there's no question. But in terms of top three, Ilya Sorokin has to be there. Because yeah, of what he's done. Right. I, I'm, I'm with you there. I, again, like you said, you know, the whole, oh, well, his team didn't make the playoffs argument. It's not about the playoffs. It's about, you know, what did mm -hmm. he do in the regular season? Well, he dominated. And if, you know, if, if when you look at the numbers and you say to yourself, oh, those are really good numbers. Where did the Islanders place this season? Oh, they didn't even make the playoffs? Now you're like, holy shit. If that team was good in front of him, how much better would these numbers be? Mm-hmm. Exactly, right? Like, and and that, that's just it. I understand like it, it is a team sport, so your team in front of you is going to impact those individual statistics just like everyone else, right? You can say like Matthew Barzell would have more points if he had a better team with him. Right. You're absolutely right. But at a, at still, you can judge things on an individual level, and we've got the numbers to show us on an individual level, Ilya Sorokin is epic. And even if you just want to like, like plug your ears and not look at the numbers, you don't want to talk about stats, cool. When you watch him play, you're going, this guy is uh, like an electric factory. This guy is epic. His post-to-post -post movement, bar, like he's the best bar none. His yeah. uh, ceiling of the bottom of the net is flawless. Um, he's got his issues posting up at the beginning of the year, but he fixed that. Just like he did with his rebound control at the beginning of last year. I don't know. I, I think next year is going to be even better than what we saw this year from him. Yeah, I think you're totally right. When it comes to like, you know, looking at the numbers like these numbers don't lie it's like it's like the other article i wrote this week about zidane chara right oh boy the, the, you got a lot of flack for that my friend yeah booking <laughs> uh, bookies.com emailed me and they were like hey we measured the most undervalued player on every team uh based on point share and i was like oh that's interesting so i read their work and zidane chara happened to be the guy for the new york islanders um so based on points share and and i did in the title specifically say based on one very specific stat uh, you know, Dan O'Chara was determined the most undervalued. That doesn't mean he was good. He was just undervalued based mm -hmm. on his point share. And I think for his 14 points, each point was worth like a hundred grand or something like that. So, and, and that's, that's basically what it was. That was the sum up of the article. And listen, you didn't have to like it. Bah, clickbait. Right. But that doesn't mean it's not true. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not true. He was by by in terms of point share, the most undervalued because he produced more than what his uh, salary, I guess, anticipated him to. Yeah, 
like I, I, the, the clickbait thing is is the worst. You can disagree with it, sure, absolutely. When you say clickbait, like, look, it, it, we can't fit the whole justification in 140 characters. And if we did, then why do we even write? Just put it on Twitter, right? Like, let's right. just put it all on Twitter. That, I, I guess it's 240 now or 260. I think it is. Either it way, it doesn't matter. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, I wish just like yeah, we sharing that on Twitter. If that could monetize things, great. But unfortunately, we have to monetize things and, and milk that out for three hundred words. That's just how the industry works. Um, <laughs> and so like the title is going to be clickbaity for everything we write. Anyone outside of maybe the athletic because they don't care about um, Google ranking um, is going to be clickbait. And if they're not, then it's unfortunately they're not doing it the right the, the right way. I I, yeah. I wish we didn't have to do it this way, but that's just how the, the world is structured. But um, yeah, that that's the thing with Eli Sorokin. Like um, the stats are there, the eye test is there. If anyone thinks that he's not an elite goalie in the in the NHL, I I don't know what to tell you. Like, what else are you waiting for? Like sample size? It's got a year yeah. and a half. Like, what else do you want at this right. point? I mean, again, you know. Look at Shesterkin. He's only been around <laughs> Same. for a similar amount, right? This was his first year of dominance, right? Yep. So, and, and look, uh, uh, this isn't a Ranger hate, uh, fan hate thing, but a lot of Ranger fans jumped into the conversation and were like, yeah, right, what are you talking about? And like, look, I get it, the rivalry and everything, but you can't just put blinders on because you don't like the Islanders. Like, you, you, you have to, again, look mm-hmm. at the numbers. Yep. And we're not saying like one is better than the other. It's just like they're in the same class, oh, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm getting out of my box. More stupid Islanders. And you're like, look, I understand he wears blue and orange instead of red, blue and white, but they're in the same class because the numbers agree, and the eye test also agrees. So like, yeah, just just all, another day in the life of being a New York sports fan, right? Like, um. The, the last thing that I, I wanted to bring up is maybe just an update on some of these prospects before we uh, we close this this sucker out. Sure. Uh, we have Williams of Full who just captured the MVP of the QMJHL. Um, they decided he was the most valuable player in that league, which is great to see uh, for a kid who's drafted in the fifth round. Yep. Awesome. Um, and I know people are like ah, overager. Technically, you're incorrect. He is not an overager. Um, wow, well, he's a bigger player. That is correct. Um, but you know, the, 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 he just, he just did what he was supposed to do. What else do you want him to do? Uh, well, um, um, he was a fifth round pick, so I'm not going to look at it too, uh, too heavily. Okay, fine. But he's also sixth overall pick at the QMJHL level. So when he was drafted, they thought this kid is going to be something at this level. And yeah, he actually I, proved them right. I remember before he was actually drafted, looking at draft rankings and there was a lot of mixed reviews on this guy because I saw draft rankings um, or mock drafts that had him going like in the second round. Mm -hmm. I saw a fourth round and then, you know, I saw a fifth round as well. And that's ultimately where he ended up. But like, I don't know, like he could just have been a diamond in the rough that, that fell through the cracks and the Islanders were fortunate enough to scoop him up and, um, look, we're not sitting here saying he's going to be, you know, the solution to Barzell's winger issue, but <laughs> he's also maybe could be a serviceable NHLer at some point. Wouldn't you want to be excited about a player who's in your organization, in your pipeline, that's deemed not that great anyway? And like, this is exciting stuff. Yeah, you got a fifth round pick. These are late round selections, which are, to be fair, darts. You're throwing darts on the board and be like, let's see what happens. 
And before he even gets to you, he's putting up scoring records and winning hardware. Yeah. Why are we like, well, he's overage. Why are we looking for reasons to downgrade that? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, get excited about what he's done and then be like, all right, now you've got to prove it at the next level. I'm excited for you. I'm rooting for you because I like what I saw. But let's see what you do at this level. And then the last one who wasn't, he didn't win hardware is Autoratu. Uh, he was up for the European Young Player of the Year award, and he lost out to Elmer Soderblom, who had a good year himself for Fralunda. Or Fralunda, I, I don't know how to pronounce it necessarily. T is going to kill me um, for mispronouncing it. Uh, the umlauts on the O really screw me up. I think the umlauts on the O in Swedish make it an A, if I remember correctly, from my lessons from Tia. Gotcha. But, uh, he didn't win. Which is not the end of the world. Like it doesn't change anything. Uh, we already saw what he did, so I think the yeah. hype is already there. Yeah, yeah. Some some had speculated if he can make a push for a roster spot this season. Um, in talking about, I think uh, I forgot what I was reading, but uh, anyway, I think that he'll probably need most of the year in Bridgeport just to get continue to get adjusted. It looks real good so far, um, but you could see him make his debut this year as well I, I wouldn't doubt that either you know if somebody uh, or a few people are injured and, and they just give him the call up let him get his feet wet but um i think majority of the season should be unless he like really just mm. you know t- takes off and and, yeah. and and blows everyone out of the water but i i don't anticipate that happening eventually though yeah, that, that's the thing. I think it's going to be a, like Lou says constantly that there's such a thing as bringing a prospect up too soon, but yeah. there isn't such a thing as bringing them up late. Um, so they're going to take their time with him. Like they, they like what they've seen. And so they're going to take their time. I think he's going to spend the year regardless, right? Like even Simon Holmstrom was doing well. They didn't give him a call up necessarily. Yeah. I think they're going to kind of do the same thing with him there. Do you anticipate him being on the roster next year? Simon Holmstrom? No, on uh, Aturatu. Meaning, like, do you, do you uh, anticipate him remaining an Islander, I should have said? Oh, 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 oh. Like, in either Islander, either the pro or, or under pro Islander. Right. Will he be involved in one of those hockey trades, do you think? I hope not just because I've been following him around. I don't want to stop following him, although I guess I'll still follow him regardless of where he goes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I kind of. I, I kind of... It, I'm getting myself ready for him leaving is what I'm getting thinking of gotcha. you. I don't know. Uh, it, it really depends on the player. Mm. I, you know, we, we often look at the obvious guys, you know, like we've talked about the, the, the Fialas and the chickens and whatnot, but mm-hmm. um, I, I don't know what a trade looks like outside of those players who are, na- you know, have been named already to be available. Like if we're, if we're not even talking about the guy who Lamorello is eventually going to, um, you know, acquire, we then you know obviously we don't know what the price tag is going to be. So of course, yeah, we know those hockey trades are going to happen. At the same time, you hope that Ratu stays. You know, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. And that's why I'm I'm a big advocate for Fiala because, again, I think that you know, the the less is more route, uh, in, in that direction because I think that they can get him for. Something that's not going to cost him an arm and a leg, but we'll see. Yeah, I think that's what Lou's going to do. He's going to do his do, do. I said do do twice. Oh, you got way. it. I got it. Um, I think he's going to do his due diligence. There I, it spe- is. I said do twice, but spelled differently. Um, <laughs> to make sure that he's bringing in the right guy at the right price. Yeah. 
but he's not running out of time, but I am worried that he's going to take too long to do so. And then he's going to have to pick someone up and pay maybe a price he didn't want to type of thing. Yeah, we'll um, see. I mean, you know, that's typically been his approach, right? If you have time, you use it. Yeah. However, we've already seen seen him be aggressive, not even waiting like a week after the season was over to fire trots, hire Lambert. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the changes are already underway. So um, it might be a summer where he gets out of his own comfort zone and, and speeds the process up a little bit. Ooh, comfort of discomfort for Lou. Summer of discomfort. There we go for Lou. Yeah. I like it. Maybe I got to do that. That's going to be my summer model, summer of discomfort. <laughs> uh, it's going to be real hot, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think that was it. Does anything else you want to bring up before we sign no, off? I think we covered everything. That was a pretty, uh, pretty good quick episode there. Yeah, that's all right. We're at 31 minutes. That's okay. We don't need to keep these super long. Um, so If you want to hear more, ooh, you know where to go. That is patreon.com slash eyes on aisles, baby. Uh, so you get three podcasts a week plus a weekend chat with me on Sunday where I just log in and we can talk about whatever. Last week I talked to Bill and Ryan about uh, who do we talk about? We talked about another team and, and their cap situation. I think the Rangers maybe even. Maybe. Because um, why not? And so you get that. You get, obviously, a mailbag. So that's another podcast on top of that. So four plus a Discord to hang out with, like, 120-some-odd Eyes on Isles fans or Islanders fans who just want – they crave that interaction. And there are a bunch of buttes in there. Um, so get there, <laughs> eyesonisles.com – sorry, patreon.com slash eyesonisles. You can get our writings and everything that we say in written form at eyesonisles.com. You can get us on Twitter, at TLOMitchesMe. You are – at James Nichols NYI. Love it. And then you can also get us on Facebook. So it's facebook.com slash eyes on aisle. So one more episode done, sealed, recorded. James, I can't wait to do the next one next week with you, buddy. Yep. See you then. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.